Hello and welcome to the Tiwu Podcast. This is audio log number 15 and today's date is November 21st, 2021. So um, it's been a while. It's been almost a month since my last audio log and um, I thought I'd just take today, kind of give a quick update as to what's been going on and where I've been. Um, so the last time I did audio log was in October and um, during this past fall, starting in September, um, I've been dealing with the death of my cat baby and um, he was 11 years old. He would turn 12 um, this month actually. Um, November 26th, I think. And so it was tough. And um, I didn't talk about this before, but I think it's probably a good time to talk about this now. But um, in October, I think it's early October, one of our other cats, um, actually one of the kittens that I had rescued named Trio, um, got sick. And he he wasn't really showing signs, you know. It wasn't like he broke a leg or anything like that. But I think it was like on a Thursday. And um, kind of slowly started to notice he was losing his appetite or he just wasn't eating as much food. Like you'd go and see him and you'd think he's eating, but he'd probably take a few licks and then just walk away. And, you know, we just thought, okay, maybe he just doesn't like the food, you know, change it up a bit. Maybe the food um, is a bit old, so we change it up. And obviously, it takes about two or three days to kind of figure out, like, what's going on? Um, you know, because sometimes the cats, they might not just be in a mood to eat. Um, or like the food, maybe there's something wrong with the bowl. So there was a troubleshooting of figuring out what's going on. And then eventually, by the end of the weekend, like I think Sunday or whatnot, we were kind of getting really worried about him because he wasn't really eating. And he was sleeping a lot inside. And so we thought maybe it had something to do with the weather. It's getting cold. Um, I think by the Monday or the Tuesday, um, he was already sleeping inside quite a bit. He was sleeping on like office chairs or on the couch. And then we noticed that his head was feeling kind of warm and we weren't sure what's going on. And we brought him to the vet and apparently he had a fever that was like 40 degrees, 39 degrees Celsius, which is really high even for a human. And it's very high for a cat. And the vet even made a comment to say he's never seen a cat have such a high fever in all the years that he's practiced, like, you know, being a vet, which is pretty surprising. So the vet had advised that he needs to be receiving um, fluid, uh, IV fluid, because he wasn't eating. And um, they advised that if he gets fluid, you know, it'll help his system fight whatever infection he has that's causing the fever and stuff like that so um he doesn't offer emergency services so like overnight 
care. So he told us to find um, a vet that does. And coincidentally, the place that we had brought baby to when he was passing um, is one of those places. So we ended up at the same place again, which wasn't the greatest feeling at all because that place is already tainted with baby's death, like not even like barely a month prior. So we show up there. Um, there's a bit of like, it's like a bit messy. Like my vet has to talk to them to tell them what the, what trio needs in order for them to admit him. And it's COVID. So we can't, you know, we have to wait in our car and wait for someone to come help us. And it's busy too, because, you know, a lot of people are probably waiting in their cars and stuff. It was a bit mess, but it was a bit of a mess, but we brought him in eventually. I think like it was, we brought him in on the Monday. We found him, brought him into that vet on like the same Monday. We had to kind of jump around and stuff. He gets the IV fluid. And then, so he stays, ends up staying there for quite a long time till like Thursday or Friday. Um, he gets to, he, you know, he, he gets admitted, he gets the fluid. He's not showing signs of getting better. His fever is not going away. They start running a bunch of tests on him. So they do like every test imaginable urine test. They test his blood. They test his blood for this. They also do an ultrasound. And mind you, this is racking up quite a bill too. And we still have not figured out what is wrong with him. And uh, they do like ultrasound. They find fluid in his cavity. They're like, oh, what's that? They test the fluid in his cavity for cancer. Um, they were like going to do, I think, did they do an x-ray? They might have done an x-ray. I don't remember. But they did a lot of stuff to him. So one of the tests they ended up doing is a PCR test. Um, so the PCR test is very similar and like the exact same to the PCR test that people do for COVID. Um, and so they did that on Trio and they were able to find out that he has this disease called FIP, which stands for feline infectious peritonitis. Um, it's a pretty long word. And um, basically this disease is fatal to cats. There is no cure. There is no vaccine. And once a cat gets it, it's pretty much a death sentence. Um, and unfortunately, this, this disease um, can occur to cats at any age. And it is very common among cats who are younger than two years old, which ironically, Trio... Um, was just like a year and eight months. Or, yeah, he, he, he not too. And um, what FIP is, it's basically feline coronavirus. Um, but the difference with this is that, and the reason why it's so fatal, is so cats naturally get... Um, exposure to the coronavirus, the feline version, and their um, immune system can basically fight off the more common strains of it very easily. But at a certain point, um, when the cat is not 
able to fight it off because maybe the immune system has become weakened. Um, those strains of coronavirus can mutate into this more harmful type of virus, and then it causes an FIP disease. And I didn't know that. I didn't. I've never even heard of FIP before this whole situation happened. And I, I guess that's kind of like you know you don't hear about certain things until it actually happens to you. But this disease is like pretty hard to diagnose as a vet apparently. Like there's no like telltale signs because a lot of the signs are very common with other problems as well. Um, and there's no like real telltale um, test to run and. And um, it, I think as of only recently, because of the research people have been doing, you know, revolving around the coronavirus in general, you know, because of COVID, that they have kind of some more information on how to figure out this, this, this disease, FIP, because it's as a result of COVID and the coronavirus. So basically, Trio got the test, it was positive. The vets, they called us. He had been there for like two, three days already. And they told us that he has FIP. Um, basically saying like, like it is hard to diagnose, but at this point it's, it's most likely FIP. Um, and that unfortunately this disease doesn't have a cure, doesn't have a vaccine, and there's no treatment. And they wanted us to take him home and... Um, spend time with him um, because basically they were probably going to be his last couple days or however long and that was going to be the last moments with him because there was no treatment for it. It was very devastating to have that news and um, and it was it was unbelievable that this is what was going to happen to him. So the doctor had mentioned that this disease doesn't have any official medicine to treat it, but um, in 2019, there was a breakthrough study that was done by a professor at, I think it's UCLA, and he had used this um, unlicensed, unlicensed medication um, to treat FIP. Um, this specific medication I don't want to call it by name because I don't know it's a very long and medically sounding name and I don't want to you know spread too much misinformation or anything like that um, but I'm sure if you google it you can find it um, this medication was initially developed to help treat gonorrhea in humans um, but it was still going through like trials and um, testing it wasn't officially released and the company that created it um, hadn't applied for like uh, the FDA approval yet, things like that. So it wasn't officially like a released medication, but I, I don't know how the doctor was able to get a hold of it and use it to test on cats as a treatment for FIP. And then in the cats that he used it on and the way that he in gave the treatment, it had like 80% success rate on the cats he tested on. I think it was like 30 something 36 cats or something like that uh, that he tested it on and uh, 25 of them were able to be cured of FIP 
So that's a pretty good, pretty good statistic, right? Considering prior to that point, there is no cure, no vaccine, nothing to save any cats from FIP. Once you get diagnosed with FIP, you're basically, your cat is gone. So the vet had told us about this, saying how there is a black market um, network um, to get this treatment that was used in this study. And it's through like social media's web pages, so like Facebook groups, that they help pet owners buy it. Um, and the reason why it's a black market is because the company that manufacture or technically holds the license for it um, doesn't want it to be used to save cats. It they want to use it for humans, so they don't want they're not manufacturing it for that purpose, and so. Unfortunately, this medicine is being manufactured in China um, because of those it's copyright stuff, legal mumbo-jumbo, you know, because China doesn't care. So they're making this drug illegally in China and selling it whole worldwide um, to cat owners whose cats have FIP. So... The vet kind of told us this and also, you know, let us know there is treatment, but it's really not official. And so once we got that diagnosis, um, I couldn't sleep. I stayed up all night and researched this FIP situation and what I could do. And there's not much information you can find, really. You can see the articles that were written, the study that was done, uh, maybe some backup information, but I was... I worked my way to get into that social media groups and by the morning, because I stayed up all night, they accepted my post. I started talking to the... So once you get accepted in, they give you an admin who helps you treat your cat for FIP. They help connect you with the vendors who are selling it um, and they also provide you information on it. So the treatment of this FIP is that it either comes in an injectable form so you inject it into the cat or an oral form. And the, the treatment is based off of the cat's weight. And it has to be given every 24 hours at the same time for at least 12 weeks. And so, not to get into the nitty gritty, but since that time, so once we got that news, I found all this information. I stayed up all night. Literally by the the evening of the next day, we had um, bought the medication to give him the tools needed that we needed to inject into him. And we had figured out the dosage. And after the first treatment, he was still at the vet, by the way. They hadn't discharged him because he hadn't eaten and his fever was still like 39 degrees. And luckily for us, one of the veterinarians who was working in the ER that he was staying at was willing to give the first dose. Um, so they gave the first dose while he was still there so they could monitor his response. And what they said was that if they respond to this medication, that means that they do have FIP because obviously the medication is working. 
If it didn't work, that means he had some other problem that it, they weren't sure what it was going to be. See, at that point, when they told us it could be FIP, they also said it could be cancer. But they'd have to, like, find the cancer. And they were suspicious that it was cancer in his liver. And they were going to do a liver biopsy. But they weren't able to find any cancer cells. So they were leaning towards the FIP diagnosis. And that's how he ended up where they were. So the doctor gave the um, first dose on the first day after we got the news. Um, they gave it in the evening. And by the next morning, he was his fever was gone. And then they were like, this worked. And his fever was down. And they're like, okay, let's try to get him to eat. And then by the afternoon of the next day of the first treatment, he was, he was able to come home. That was the beginning of October. And we have been giving him this FIP treatment since, you know, for more than a month now. Every day, we have been giving him injections of this medicine. And since that time when he was very sick to now, he has changed like 360. He is, you know, eating a ton. He gained back all the weight that he had lost because he wasn't eating. And then he's jumping around and being happy. And he still goes outside, unfortunately, now, although we're supposed to keep him in. But he he is he has to go outside because he's just he jumps off the wall and he attacks cats so um, unfortunately we do have to let him go outside just so he can kind of get rid of his energy but i mean we are very cautious about him and making sure like you know he stays in and sleeps and gets enough energy and eats enough food and um as part of the fip treatment we're also monitoring his weight every week and adjusting his his dosage according to his weight gain and um, when he left that bed, he only weighed, I think it's 8.9 pounds. But since he's come back, he's gained his weight back to like 10.8. That is huge because that is like almost a, like more than a 10% increase in body weight, which is wonderful. He was literally on his deathbed when we brought him to that bed. He could have like you know died within those past those three days he was there doing all those tests getting blood taken he wasn't eating very much his temperature was through the roof consistently nothing was working for him they gave him like antibiotics they gave him like anti-nausea they had like so many things being pumped into his body when we got him back he was all shaved his wrists were shaved it was crazy and he would not stop screaming because he wanted to go home so bad like it was so horrible um and so that has honestly consumed my life because giving him the injection has been very very difficult he he is a very strong cat um and when we have to hold him down to give him the needle it is very stressful, and honestly, he has made me bleed a couple times, like, from his butt. And um, it gets really scary. So, it, it hasn't been, <laughs> it's been a rough ride. And we're just glad that us doing this can give him 
you know, gave him back his life. And he can go back to normal and doing the things that he loves. And it makes it all worth it. Um, and we're not done yet. We still, um, ironically, the last injection will be on December 31st. And so I'm really excited for the new year because hopefully after his last injection, he will be all good. That's what we're hoping. But, you know, that's the best we can do. After a month, we're supposed to do blood tests to see whether or not some of the um, some of the indicators of FIP have improved. And for him, unfortunately, it had improved, but it wasn't enough that to say that he was on the right track to getting better, to getting cured from FIP. So since that time, we have had to change his medication to a more concentrated um, brand. It's a higher concentration of the medication. So it ideally is like going to be increased dosage. Um, and we're hoping that it will make a difference. Um, we changed it at the one month point. Now it's almost, almost a month. Probably in two weeks it'll be a full month and we'll reverse it. So hopefully by then his blood test will come back better. But obviously, you know, we don't know what's what could happen. And yeah, it's been a tough ride and I'm looking forward to the new year. Um, this this last few months have been horrible and I just can't wait for it to be over. So yeah, I hope your fall autumn hasn't been as bad as mine because I could have never imagined that this was going to happen. <laughs> um, you know, one month after my cat passes away, another cat becomes severely sick and almost dies. That, that I could, I'm just like, okay, I don't know what the heck I did to, to deserve this, but I'm just glad that it's almost over. We're almost there. And, um, yeah. So that's my quick update, I guess. Not that quick. But I hope you guys learned a bit about this FIP and how severe it is. A lot of people don't know about it. I didn't know about it. I've had cats for years, and luckily for me, it never impacted my other cats' lives that I had to learn about this and go through this. Because this treatment wasn't available up until 2019 and after. So that it's, it's honestly a miracle. And all the people that help support this you know, in the back and, um, you know, even though it's technically illegal, but it's saving a lot of lives and a lot of people are just doing this out of the good in their heart and it really changed your perspective on the world and how much people can do when they come together with a common purpose to, you know, save something or whatever. So, it's my first time having that kind of exposure and honestly it is um, eye-opening and very new so yeah um, that's it for me today and I hope you guys are doing well um, but yeah that's the end for today thanks have a nice day have a good evening and have a good night bye